0: Hi, I'm Ali Lawson and I'm Tan McLean and together we, we are Raygun Gun. Projects. Yeah. Um, we started Raygun uh, in 2011 as a way to both meet the artists or
1: come together and talk about the artists that we were interviewing in our PhDs. So we ran, uh, we, we had an exhibition a month for 11 months a year mm-hmm. until 2019. Yeah, yeah. And that calendar was between like, so Ali's
0: um, PhD was about social practice and then mine was about painting. So we just sort of We halved the calendar and for, you know, six months of the year we'd have six artists that we'd invite who Ali was researching um, to Toowoomba in Queensland, which is where we were and still are, and then the other six um, months were um, filled up by painters. We
1: loved it. We loved it. And we had so many of them coming to us, which we loved. yeah, yeah. So we have this collection of gorgeous, beautiful, super Mm. interesting artists Mm. and... We would love to share them with you again all of these years later. So we've developed ray Gun Talks. Yeah, and our I think it's,
0: it's good. It's, we want to sh- keep sharing them with the world but also keep in touch with them and find out what they're doing in their practices. So um, instead of having a physical, ray gu- um, you know, physical ray Gun, we are here to talk with them and share them via our podcast. Enjoy. Welcome Jude Roberts to <laughs> Ray Gun Talks.
2: Our first Ray Gun Talks. Oh, that's so exciting, isn't it's it? Fantastic. I think it's a wonderful idea to you know to progress different artists through. You know, it's a. I, I, I gather it's about a decade since it yeah. began. And yeah, yeah. Actually, Ali just
0: showed me this morning. She came in and said, "Look, Jude's show with us was in 2012." So that's September yeah, Well,
2: <laughs> nine years ago. I had to look it up. Yeah, I had to look it up to see what you, year. And I think, yeah.
0: Wow. And so much has happened since then. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we should talk about, we should sort of go through the questions, really, so we can keep things in order. So do you want to tell us where you are, Jude? Uh,
2: at the moment, I'm in Rockhampton. We're at the kind of an end to our last trip to the Northern Territory, Harry and I. Um, so we've been living in our caravan mostly for the last three, almost, almost four years now. Wow. And so we're on, on our daughter's mango farm, daughter and son-in-law's mango farm. So we, our grandkids are here. So that's where we're here at the moment. And, of course, we're like a lot of people in Australia waiting to see what happens with COVID because Mm. I had different things planned and we were going to be moving into New South Wales. Mm. That's all been either different things cancelled on hold and um, so we're we're here for the moment anyway. That's the plan.
0: Yeah. Not a bad place to be. No, beautiful. Yeah. So should we... So we'll probably, yeah, start diving into it. Yeah. So I guess we we sort of thought we should just start at the beginning, like for our audience to get like clearly, you know, Jude, you and I have a history together. We have, you know, lived out west in Queensland together and then um, uh, Ali represents you at um, Alexandra Lawson Gallery. So um, we all sort of know each other very well. Um, But perhaps if you could just share with us um, at the beginning, um, where and when did you start
2: making art? Uh, I, I guess that's something that's within you when you're born. and so I grew up with that interest. Um, and then over time, I did a lot of courses, workshops, you know after school things and after even when I was working. Um, and I when I left school I did graphic design. And where was that but my heart where was I'm sorry that? Where? Yeah, where was school? At Randwick Technical College in Sydney.
1: Okay. That
2: was the only place then, apart from doing a private thing, that you could do graphic design. Um, But ultimately, I wanted to do fine arts, but my father told me, oh, no, there's no jobs in fine arts. You've got to do (laughs) graphics. (laughs) So I did graphics, and I did enjoy it, but... I think I was too, way too messy. <laughs> uh, I wanted to get my hands dirty and you couldn't with graphics. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: But I did a lot of other throughout. And then when I married Harry, moved out to Western Queensland, where, of course, I met Tan. Um, in that time, too, I did a lot of workshops, summer schools, winter schools, and always kept my hand in creating, making work. And then, of course, when we sold our property, I had the opportunity then to do a fine arts degree at QCA, Queensland College of Art in Brisbane. And... Uh, oh, <laughs> <hear> the background? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it was, yeah, great opportunity then to really start thinking more seriously about... Um, where my arts practice would lead me and so here I am today yeah <laughs> gorgeous
0: so I guess in your art practice Jude sort of what would you say would be your main medium or what what have you spent most of the time doing all oh. uh,
2: well works on paper um, including like drawing and print media yeah um, I do branch off and do other things, but that's primarily, um, I guess it's just my love of pa- papers and the versatility of it that I've used paper. Um, and I, particularly now in a caravan, um, you know, the, the practicalities of storing and carting papers, it's been, you know, the best surfaces to, to use and medium.
1: Yeah. And Jude, what is your practice about at large? What are you interested in? Um, well, I'm looking at the those
2: landscapes that we can't visibly experience, um, predominantly artesian springs and the artesian waters. Um, and therefore, like, I'm interested in geology and rivers and... And I love going out into those places, um, you know, drawing and experiencing them. Um, What's brought
0: that about, Jude? Like how does one become interested yeah. in underground water? Yeah. Or underground <laughs> landscapes. Yeah.
2: yeah. Hi, Hello, who's uh,
0: Oh, look at these beautiful little
2: uh, guys. It's Hudson. Hi,
1: Hudson. Hello, Hudson. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh that's yeah I often wonder that but I think initially I've always been interested even as a child going out in the bush we lived right beside Lane Cove National Park and our parents used to you know take us to other national parks nearby and so I always loved that feeling of just being in the bush Mm -hmm. um and then I had that opportunity moving when I got married to move out to Mitchell so um, it's kind of crazy to it, think that there is a park like that in the middle of Sydney. Yeah, that's right. Right. We just walked down the road and there it was. We were literally on the boundary of it.
1: Mm. And we
2: used to even sometimes, you know, you'd walk from one suburb to another through the bush. Wow. wow. And when I go back there, we, we do the same tracks, um, you know, take the dog for a walk, my sister's dog. And, yeah, it's, it's great. So, <laughs> awesome. Um and yeah so yeah so living on a property yeah you see your water supply you see it there we had the uh, Wallam creek and uh i just got interested in i just slowly i guess focused on that and realized the extent of how i could um figure out strategies of drawing to visualize all that and then just things we don't normally think about we just take for granted or we people don't even know about because it just does its thing every day the groundwater and the 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 those sort of landscapes around us Mm.
0: especially living out west jude where you know uh western queensland really so a long way from yeah yeah
1: that's it you expand well, you explored those interests during your doctorate? I did.
2: Um, and that's what my doctorate was uh, about. Um, it was visualizing those ex- experimenting with drawing methods and print methods to visualize those landscapes. So that that in itself gave me a lot of opened the whole scope of how I could um you know, realize that. Um, and so I went to a lot of different places, did residencies, and was involved in a lot of different projects, collaborative as well as my own, um, and met a lot of different people, like scientists, that um, geomorphologists, hydro, um, you know, scientists working in hydro, sort of, um, and that sort of thing. Um, so it really did widen my research and you know, um, just visualizing it all. And yeah. those
0: works that you had at Ray Gunn with us back in 2012? The show was called In a
2: Landscape.
0: Was it? Yeah. Yes. yeah
2: okay. <laughs> I took that from John Cage's um, title, In ah, a Landscape. Okay. And I thought that was just perfect. Um, uh just being within a landscape it's not about you know it's um seeing landscape in a different way really immersing yourself in a landscape um and that's what those works were about that was in with i think it was my honors the end of my honors year that i'd had done those and so i'd um i'd literally immerse these large sheets of paper in the water to
1: stain and um they were almost body body size like they were human they were. human height yeah yeah they were yeah so you
2: could either roll them up and and stand beside them or roll them out and how they were in the in the river you know i'd left them there for days some of them um, and that was i think i think that was just uh, before or during when i was doing the one river project so that was actually working with um, the community of in Mitchell, um, along the Maranoa River, and we picked different sites, and I would meet different people on that particular site that meant something to them. Um, take, for example, the you know, the uh, group of Gungari women and children we met um, on the Yamba, um, what they call the Yamba on the Maranoa River, and they talked about the significance of the river while we soaked this paper. And so it was more of a, it was collaborative participatory uh, project. And so these roles of work came from that. They, they were signifying that story behind each one. Yeah.
0: And by putting them in the water, Jude, that um, I guess you and I used to sort of the soil out there, but you just want to describe um, the color of the water and, and that, what that did to the paper?
2: So when I, it depends, the thing with working out in these landscapes, it depends on a lot, as you'd understand, Tom, the seasons and the weather. And the Marino River is an ephemeral river, and most of the time it's water that just runs under the sand, so you can't see it. So when I did those works, the water, it had had a flush through it, you don't see it only runs when there's a flood and the water runs through and then slowly over a few weeks it subsides and the water was only in some parts, probably just water holes and where the, um, the groundwater comes up to the sand oxidizes and it changes into that really deep ochre um, or rusty oxidized color that sits on top of the water. So I found areas in a lot of it that were the paper could sit on top or submerge just underneath. I think one of them I did um, when the water was about a foot high. Wow. And I had it in there for about five days. But Go it on. did almost disintegrate. But...
0: Yeah, I was going to say, how does <laughs> it know. not? Like is it really, It was. it's quite thick, isn't it? Wait.
2: That's it. It's paper that's, it's um, ash, ash. Um, watercolour paper which is 100% cotton mm-hmm. so the fibres are quite long so it it is very fragile when it gets wet but as soon as it dries it's back mm-hmm. to being that strong you know yeah. paper against that's like
0: yeah painting on linen versus painting on cotton dark canvas I think you know that the whole thing is is the length of the linen and that's probably why they say over time, the painting, the canvas doesn't um, doesn't give way. That's why it's preferable to paint on linen. Mm. So yeah, that makes sense with the oh, copper paint.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so um, Jude, tell us. So you pull the the paper out of the water, and then what's your process next? Um.
2: Well, for for that particular one, it was just literally pulling it out, um, just working out ways of installation. So it's bringing, it's like I work now, it's it's, um, working in the field, in situ, in that landscape, using some of the pigments, water, but then it's bringing all that back into the studio and then consolidating everything. You know, you, you might juxtapose works together that perhaps weren't together in that landscape but you have kind of bring them together and work out different ways um so you're kind of asking questions about where you've been what you know you hope the work then perhaps does something like that so it's so i guess it's more about thinking of ways of installing um i mean we can get onto that later after the one river that whole soaking thing because I've, I think I've I've come from that and I'm working out lots more strategies now instead of just doing that subversion part yeah
1: yeah gorgeous and I suppose that's sort of where we're going next you know tell us about your journey from that Ray gun show that you had back in 2012 yeah 10
2: years so. amazing
1: <laughs> wild um
2: uh, yeah, you don't realise what you've done until you do look back on these things. Um, mm-hmm. I have been involved in a lot of different collaborative projects, which I really do love doing.
1: Yeah, gorgeous. And
2: residencies. Um, Where have uh, you been doing them, Jude? Ah, uh, uh, yeah. So I've um, I've had a couple of overseas ones in Hawaii in a print in the print department at the uh, Honolulu Hawaii University and in Japan with Joshua B university so um then I've also done residencies in uh Australia so the float residency down in East Gippsland um yeah yeah um it's on a boat (laughs) it's on a floating yeah floating floating um, vessel I guess amazing vessel vessel yeah. <laughs> so, what, what's the color
0: of the water down there, Jude? What was what river was that?
2: Oh, very different to the Marinoa. You couldn't. And I didn't. I didn't really soak anything. What I did was float my the cardi paper, the circular cardi papers that I had, which evolved into a show recently, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Later. But um, yeah. So I, it was the the thing of thinking about floating on the water there. Um, So, I was just filming, um, floating what was underneath that vessel, um, and using it that way. So, um, yeah, so I'm thinking, so lately, um, I've also used a lot of instruments and tools that I I borrowed with another artist. Um, we borrowed from the lands department and they were old surveying instruments that they used to survey and measure different to do with the land. And um, and I was trying to work out ways of how I could utilize them as tools for drawing. So that's something else that I have done over the last decade is find uh, implements or discarded objects in the landscape that I can use as I, you know, drawing tools. Mm. Um, they could be things that I just trace or add medium to, you know, like paint or uh, ink, and use them as actual like brushes or mark making instruments. Um, but by doing that, I'm, I, am i you kind of retextualizing that tool into something else to make that other connection so trying to work out how else we can think about the land and how we approach it you know like instead of measuring it up into blocks and ownership and boundaries and Mm. um which I've done back then in Reagan I was thinking you know talking about boundaries and flood fences too I just suddenly Mm. thought of that so this is more yeah talking about um you know yeah using those instruments again in a different way yeah
0: Jude, i was just i was just thinking you know when you spend so much time outside in the landscape and doing what you're doing do you i know you love lithography the process of printmaking do you sort of just cherish like do you sort of really look forward to coming back to brisbane and spending some time there like is that would you say that that's definitely equals out like the balance i guess in your practice
2: yeah definitely definitely um at times with the caravan the last three years i have missed having a larger space studio space yeah um so it's been great to go to places um to have that um That way you can lay out your work and see it. But also working in print studios, like you just mentioned about lithography, um, I have had that opportunity of going um, back and working in the QCA print studios. Um, I guess lithography, I had the opportunity um, to learn that under Russell Craig at the QCA print studios. That was a decade or more ago. and since then, uh, that relationship of the geology, I've connected with my work, with, you know, with lithography, you're drawing on a limestone block.
1: Mm. So
2: since then, I've gone into a lot of areas where limestone is the base of that landscape. Mm. So there's that real connection there of that- working in this um, way of print.
0: Um, Is that like that that artwork, limestone saws? Yeah, sort of, do you want to explain?
2: Yeah, so that's that's a residency I've just, uh, well, did. It is on hold because of COVID. Mm. Um, So it's at Mount Gambier in South Australia. And it's a project, I'm one of 10 artists called Land Arts of the Limestone Coast. So... In the meantime, I have made some work like these lithographs, um, drawing on the, the stone itself, um, le- using a, re- a reversal method of drawing. So you get sort of like a more of a dark, very dark background. Um, and within that too, I've also made a video work on that process of, of um, with the lever gator graining the stone, the surface yeah right. Um, so it's all used metaphorically, the material and the process of lithography within your work. Um, so that that saw that I've just done, that print, um, is an old lime hand-cut limestone saw that um, uh, a farmer had down there, and I've just done a rubbing of it, a drawing, and then brought it back into the studio. Um, and use that life size rubbing to outline the, the actual saws that I've printed using that. Yeah, yeah
1: gorgeous. Yes. And sorry, when no, when were you? When did you start integrating the digital medium into your work? You mentioned that you've been making videos. Oh, well, only
2: uh, when I did my doctorate exhibition, um, that lithography stone I was just talking about. Mm. Um, I did, had done a work that I projected onto the lithographic stone. So it was something that you would stand, the view would stand down and look at the the, the large stone. It was probably about a metre wide, by almost a metre. And it was of that process of the graining of the stone. So it's a lot of water inundating and water washing down. It's about, you know, Erosion, um, flooding, um, wiping away—sort of even like that. I wiping away of, of, of histories that are perhaps forgotten.
1: Mm.
2: Um, so there was a lot of metaphor in the processes that I used. Um, and then I'm working on a similar one with this land arts project, with collaborating with another artist who does. Um, Body movement, um, but that is to come. We, we are working on it, but as I said, because of COVID, that's put things on hold. Because the idea is we are going to go back into back to the limestone coast to all meet
1: and collaborate more together mm. to do that. It sounds amazing. Mm. Mm.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Really interesting yeah. that crossover within mediums, essentially, because your work to me is is so grounded in the physical act of making it's interesting that yeah the crossover between how you've added the digital element element mm. but I guess is it a, it's addressing similar ideas just in a different way
2: oh yeah very much yeah mm. um, and I'm I'm an artist that doesn't have a formula
1: I, <laughs> we love that too. <laughs> <How did> <laughs> sometimes
2: sometimes I wish I did <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Um, but Living in a caravan, so, yeah, at you. the very beginning of something, I you have no preconceived ideas of, a, of an end um, mm. you know, thing, but
1: it's the process that's important to me.
2: Um, mm.
1: Yeah, the process is the most important. And, dude, yeah. can you tell us a little bit more about you moving around in a caravan and how that's altered your outcome and like, like practice essentially, your way of working, what that studio looks like? Uh, yeah.
2: It's um, in one ways, I absolutely love it because you are there, you are immersed in different kinds of landscapes. It's incredible. It's such an amazing opportunity. Uh, every day I have to pinch myself to think that that's where yeah. I am making this work. So. But the studios can be, you know, I'll go out. Um, so recently I've been to Budjamala National Park. So there's amazing rocks in the gorge there, so. Where is that, Jude? Out um, in north, near the border of Queensland and the territory, Budjamala Lawn Hill National Park. Yeah, right, amazing. Um, so, and then at the caravan, we set up a makeshift sort of tarpaulin area or tarps, or my husband does. (laughs) Um, So I've got an area where I can work in as well. Um, But because of the caravan, I've downscaled paper that I've been working primarily on Hosho paper, which I buy the Hosho pads, and it's a perfect size and surface to work on Um, because, once again, the paper is quite hardy until you wet it. But it's, it's a bit you know fragile then, but um, and then that way too, I can um, juxtapose those papers together to make larger works if I want to. Mm. Um, so no it's been a great size to store them. Um, and I do have larger sheets that I store. I think I talked to Ali one day about this that I I loved it uh, so much. <laughs> because I love paper so much and I've collected and I have paper that I've had for oh at least, decade or more that just sits beside beside me in a folder beside my bed I've tucked it in the caravan I love that
1: so much I'm
2: literally sleeping beside it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then I'll drag those papers out when I feel that there's a, a landscape that I think oh That, you know, Gampishi paper will be perfect for this, so I bring that out and use it for that. So Mm -hmm. I like to know that I've got different papers on standby in case there is a place where I can use it. And, Jude, speaking
0: of papers, um, your mother-in-law's dread frock, cotton (laughs) frock from the 60s, (laughs) which you cut up and turned into paper. Do you want to walk (laughs) us through that one? (laughs)
2: Um, So... Because I've had an opportunity opportunities to go back and work in this, the printmaking studio, uh, Tim Mosley, who's now um, um, the principal um, teacher there, he um, has brought in papermaking. So he's got a Hollander machine, mm. and um, so and a lot of the students there are using. Uh, raw cotton linens, tearing up and creating amazing paperworks from this um, process. So, um, so um, yeah, my husband's mother has all these wonderful clothes from the 60s and cotton that is, you don't find that fabric unless, you know, these days. It's beautiful to feel. And so I thought it would be great to use uh, a piece of clothing that, um, uh, essentially Kay wore on out there on the Maranoa um, so I tore it up put it through the, the Hollander and she had
0: such beautiful taste too off. dude like it would have it was such beautiful quality <laughs> cotton
2: like, I, really I know, know but she did have a lot and she saved everything and <laughs> saved it beautifully And so I thought one dress wouldn't matter. (laughs) Of course, we've given away a lot since she's passed away. Um, But um, that paper I have only used once. I'm still working on it. So I'm still, it's, the opportunity hasn't come yet that I've been able to use that how I want. But in itself, it's, I sometimes look at it and think that is, Perhaps the work itself, yeah, this paper that's um, part of that history. And you've also included it in a book? Uh, Yeah, I um, have. No, it wasn't that paper, it wasn't that dress, that dress though, but I've used other paper. No, I might have used a piece of it, I think. um, Mm. Yeah, I think so. But I've used other paper that I was given in Japan, the Kozo fiber paper. So I've used i made a lot of um, sheets of the Kozo paper uh, through the help of another paper maker, Karen Stone, who um, works at, at the QCA print studio. And so she guided me through making this out of this, and it's such fine paper, but probably one of the strongest papers you can get because of that such long fiber from the Kozo um, bush in uh, Japan that they they grow. So yeah, I've made books, artist books from that. And whereabouts
0: well. in Japan did you go, Jude? It's like, I haven't been to Japan. I imagine it would be.
2: Uh, well, it was was based in at Joshua University, which is a women's university, um, in Tokyo. Mm. But I did have a chance to. I went with some design students, and after the terrible disaster at Fukushima and. Um, um, I joined their trip and they went up to those areas to, um, there were a group of musicians to play for uh, victims of that, um, you know, those communities that had lost, you know, horrific lives and the flattened community. So, um, and that trip to Japan, even though I didn't make a lot while I was there, it really, when I look back, I think it really did, It did enforce my appreciation of papers and almost that uh, spiritual. I don't know whether I like using that word, but uh, more than just a substrate to draw on or print Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting.
0: Fascinating. I'd love to go. i just love to go. There's something, yeah, something um, I understand what you mean by spiritual, but.
1: In a way, yeah. I feel like do perhaps, and I could be wrong, but would you say that your practice is kind of based around paper?
2: I think so. And print, print as well, yeah. because the processes of print, that layering, mm. um, repetition of um, and the, the processes of lithography
1: influence that as well. Mm. And if we flip back um, to your travels, um, I love when you post images of works that you've made, like on plain air, you yeah. know, you're, you're sitting with this <laughs> incredible gorge or something in front of you, making these drawings. And I love that you photograph them in the site so you can kind of see feel the vibe and and
0: yeah and also like looking down onto the ground there's like bones and a pile of bones on on the on the dry earth mm. you know it's almost as if you're sort of using what well, you have said you're using the landscape literally to draw I have seen you mm. draw with uh, burnt uh, timber yeah
2: charcoals and and rubbings and yeah I love doing that you're really getting in amongst that landscape and um, it's like going into an artist's studio. You get the sense of the work, you know, that as curators, and you know, you really I do get it. a sense of that work, I think more so than anywhere else. And uh, mm. I guess this is, that's that's my studio a lot of the time out in those landscapes, but um, I also, that's part of my work too, to show those interconnections of, um, and the, I, I, I hope that the work shows that the importance of these natural environments, um, that is always an ongoing environmental problem around the world. Um, so it's a way of showing that uh, the significance of, of that site. It's very much, even though some works aren't actually site specific or um, uh, it, it yeah. is, primarily yeah it's great to be in that site make work in the site and get something from that place itself
0: it kind of makes sense like when Ali just asked you do you think your practice is based around paper like that is to me I think that that means
1: that it's about texture Mm. would you say yeah and you know that idea that it can shift between so many mediums you know paper used within printmaking, paper being able to be soaked in these beautiful landscapes and waters that kind of imbue it with this gorgeous colour that I, I know in some cases you've worked back in on and, you know, traced around beautiful kind of stones that you've picked up from the landscape, using those pigments from the landscape. But it, it's all kind of like all of these ideas are kind of held within this Paper that changes on scale, whether you're in a caravan or, or you know, yeah. I just, I think that's it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Well, that's it. Well, paper
2: absorbs immediately. You know, so mm. when you lay it down on the ground, it yeah. is absorbing that land, whether it be whether it is water or, um, yeah. or whether it's something drier. But um, like the processes of rubbing or frottage. Yeah. Or, that it's quite a powerful process because if you pick up some a stone it's got the stone has always has a history or a story mm. and to place that paper onto that mm. object and make a rubbing you are tr- um, transferring something of that story onto that paper mm. yeah um, so to me yeah, it is um, such a beautiful way. Of thinking. That's why, yeah, that's probably one of another reason why I like paper. I could have yeah. 100, 100 reasons. Well, you, you slicker with it.
0: So we, yeah. Yeah, we, got, we got the idea.
2: Poor Harry has to share the bed.
0: I love it. Oh,
1: it's so funny. That is so funny. But yeah,
2: oh. surfaces too, Tan. Just talking about surfaces, like the Hosho paper I'm using now has a, uh, one side is just. Uh, uh, just shiny just a little bit and the other side's a bit rougher but it's so when you apply I'm using gouache mostly and inks so you do have that beautiful sheen across that surface as well which I really love
1: Mm.
0: I also would imagine sometimes that would be a challenge to have it I guess it depends what it is you're using on it sometimes it can be tricky to have that sheen as well
2: Mm. And also the Hoshio paper too, you can't, I can't, um, like once it's down, it's down. You yeah. can't erase. Kind of cool. Like I've worked on other papers before where you can really work it yeah. um, over time, but this paper, no, you can't.
0: Yeah.
2: And Jude,
1: you've quite often, you know, throughout the years you've been in situations where you've collaborated with groups of people is that an important part of your practice? Uh, definitely.
2: Um, I just enjoy, I guess, I enjoy the um, meeting artists and seeing what they're doing, exchanging views and also being, you know, sometimes from solitary landscapes, that's fine. It's great. But also it's great too when you're with people and working mm-hmm. um, to and towards similar goals or similar ideas mm-hmm. um, and i think sometimes it makes for a really good exhibition too the, the ways that people look at a subject um, the diversity of it um, which um, you know i like about working too with my own work is thinking about these issues environmental or water issues land In different ways, thinking out of the box. So I think that really gives you, well, gives me a lot of, um, you know, motivation and that to work with people. Um, So yeah, I am involved in earth arts through the AILA Australian Earth Laws um, Alliance. So um, that's been an interesting group to work with as well. Um, and that encompasses, you know, a lot of scientists, lawyers, um, and then they've got a group of artists that um, we get together, and each couple of years they've got exhibitions on, and, um, uh, and of course the Land Arts one that I'm involved in now. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of, and it's shared research as well, like in the Land Arts of the Limestone Coast. Um, we were even given a book curated by Nick Keys, and he's collated a lot of essays historical and contemporary and, and compiled them in a book for us to read so um, you know it's that shared research which is fantastic and
0: you've just been be meeting so many different characters on your travels as well so there's that part too what what would you say would be the most um, like of all of the destinations you've both traveled to what would be the most sort of surprising or intriguing or exotic or wild? Uh, wild. <laughs> Can you share a, a uh, place that probably none of us would ever in our lifetime go to that you've been to? Uh,
2: well, probably. <laughs> um, you would have been to it turn because you've lived out there, but I, I know, I mean, I love going to places like, you know, National parks, where they have these incredible gorges, and you just turn every corner, it's like, oh my god, I've got it, mm. it's fantastic. And you're drawing these things, uh, and that's great in that respect. But I do like landscapes that are very much um, that are changed by human, you know, to, to work with as an arts practice. So, the what they call the back blocks of Western Queensland, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a term that was you know, used when you didn't have river frontage. Yeah, you had, you were part of the back blocks. Um, and it's in in back in Mitchell. It's it's red, often red dirt. Um, uh, the um, board, the channels have now been replaced a lot with troughs and pipes and windmills and pumps, solar pumps, and just driving around and walking around those areas, of drawing. Um, To me, they're the most fascinating um, uh, areas to to work in.
0: Yeah, they're so remote, aren't they, Jude? They're just desert. They
2: are. You just feel, um, yeah, you don't see anyone all day. You travel out and you don't. um, It really does
0: give you that sense, I think, when you are out there, sometimes you just stop and you think, I'm in a shelter. And I'm sweeping it every day to keep the dust out and there's gauze to keep snakes away and really we should not be out there like there's nothing out there like it would just if we walked away and closed the door for a year it would just it would seem like it would disintegrate and water isn't even meant to be out there so you know you're running water from bores along polypipe pipe to get to that it's just it's never yeah, ended. it's certainly
2: a history of boom and bust with Australian landscape and, you know, the way that we, we've used land or we are using, it's changing now with regenerative practices. But you when you're in those places, you see that history because of the old, you know, bits and pieces of, you know, discarded uh, things that people have used to say dip sheep in or... <laughs> Um, and that's, cha- that's changing as each generation comes along that, that changes but it really does show that way that we think about those practices um, as opposed to the indigenous people who how they've used the land. Um, so yeah, there's certainly a lot of there's a lot of stories out there
1: mm. And Jude, when you're posting, you're you are very aware of the indigenous history mm. and sto- like I, stories around place too, which yeah, I'm- definitely.
2: Um, I I can't go into a place without thinking of the indigenous story, the history, and the people there now. Um, I mean, they are much part of it as that that landscape because you know they've been here for thousands of years before the European settlers arrived so that's very much part of that that story Um, and I just feel we uh, as people um, using different practices we should acknowledge and listen much more to those practices of the Indigenous people because I think that they certainly can teach a lot and show us a lot more than you know, we realise. You know about all the plants and
0: so much learn
2: so yeah. much. Yeah, so yeah, that's right.
0: Well, Jude, we've um, we're getting towards the end, but I we just got a sort of just a couple of closing questions. If you just want to share with us, sort of, do you have anything coming up at the moment or that you're particularly working on? Um, I guess it's hard with COVID, not necessarily.
2: Uh, well, I'm just uh, the small works I've been talking about that I've been doing in the last few months on the small hosho paper, just coming, bringing them back into the studio to finish them off. But I'm not sure how, how you know if I'll where I'll exhibit those. But mm. that's just what I'm working on in the studio. Um, I've got the land arts um, in mind, working on that, and um, uh, I. It's just more in my head, I'm thinking of working on something very large. I'd like mm. I'd like a work that mm. sustains me for a long time and a much larger work that I can do in in, in amongst the smaller scale works. But I'm not sure what that is yet, but I've just got yeah. ideas. That's Maybe you very need a interesting. studio that
0: you come back in, and mm. visit
2: mm. and it's there mm. when you
0: walk in the door or something.
2: Mm. Because I, I mean, a, a while some years ago, with the Bimblebox um, group that I was with, and we had an exhibition, I did I made a tarpaulin out of Hosho paper, a life-size tarpaulin, mm-hmm. and you know I really enjoyed that large sheet of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to do something, perhaps something similar on those lines. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, gorgeous, like, mm-hmm. super Ooh. interesting. Ooh. Jude, would you have any advice for young artists? Oh. <laughs> being, <laughs> Don't being, do it.
2: Being a, being a mature student uh, at a university.
1: Or well, young is early career.
2: Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I loved having co- colleagues and, and, and students around that young people they teach you so much or make you remember back to you know and it's great because um yeah so I don't know whether I've got for too much advice <laughs>
1: um well that's and, good advice and
2: times change you know it's, it's that changing thing constantly um I'd probably say to them you don't have to have a formula.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you <can> gorgeous. Get, <laughs> you
2: can get by without formulas, you know. Just yeah. I guess it's all about enjoyment too, you know, making the most out of your life and enjoying. Then I guess that's why artists do it I mean, yeah. sometimes. We do it for other reasons too. Sometimes you wonder. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know whether that's enough.
1: I think that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect. we love that. We love that.
2: Have it's no a,
1: formula. Yeah, dude, <laughs> it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for your time, and thank you for re-engaging with Raygun.
2: Yeah, yeah, thanks, Sally. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for that great opportunity over a decade. Look, and that opportunity years ago, and um, now to come back and talk about that, I think it's been all great. So, thank yeah. you. We love it. We love it. Thanks, Jude. Okay. Lots Again of love. Again soon. Lots of love. Okay. Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs>